success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And man, do we have an invincible one that you want to meet today. We have Karina Hatton. Karina wants to help your audience grow their boutique business. After scaling her own clothing boutique, Knitted Bell, to seven figures, she is on a mission to help others do the same. Karina has always loved business. She started her own business at five years old, selling magazines door to door. Her first real job was a cashier at a local garden center. She loved that job and she learned to work every single area of the store at just 14 years old. Born from her entrepreneurial spirit combined with her love of fashion, Knitted Bell Boutique has truly been a dream come true. Not only does Karina get to do what she loves, she was able to scale her online business to an impressive seven figures. Having experienced the unique challenges of building a successful online fashion business, Karina decided to put her knowledge to good use and help other entrepreneurs or soon-to-be entrepreneurs start and grow their business. She's now a sought-after coach, having helped hundreds of boutique owners experience growth that they only dreamed of before working with Karina. Oh my gosh, Karina, so excited to have you here with us today on the She's Invincible podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Oh man, I am excited to talk about all the things, your journey, uh, what makes you invincible and just, and the tips you have and the success that you're sharing uh, with others and helping others is amazing in the world. And can I say right on time, right? Like yeah, exactly. after, <laughs> yes, as we, as we moved into 2020, right? Like what better position to be in than have an online store, because that's really where people went. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Wow. Um, I would say tenacity <laughs> got me where I am today. Uh, just, just drive, just, you know, be, being willing to fail uh, was a big one because there's a lot of failure along the way. And um, I always looked up to Thomas Edison because, you know, <laughs> Anyone that can build that many times, good thing you didn't give up, right? <laughs> right. When you said that, I'm looking around at all the ring lights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where would we be today, really? I love that. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great example. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So I want to hear the stories. I want to hear about being five years old and being inspired to sell magazines door to door. So tell us a little bit about that journey, some of the things that you did and how you ended up where you are today. Well, it's funny because in retrospect, I, I kind of questioned my mom's sanity for letting a five-year-old go door-to-door selling products. Um, but then I think about that was kind of a, a big deal to me. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't realize that I was five. Um, so I got, I ordered the little, uh, the, the set of instructions with my catalog and my order forms and everything. I don't know where I got that idea, probably out of a catalog. That, or a magazine that was sitting around the house. So I ordered my little package and I memorized the script and I decided that I was going to go door to door. So I would ring their doorbell and uh, they would open the door and I would say my little script and I ended up selling eight things and I made a dollar for each one. <laughs> so I made eight dollars and I was hooked <laughs> after that. <laughs> I mean, I decided I love sales. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it was it. crazy. Um, the next thing was I decided I, I got a job at 14 because my parents didn't have money. I decided I wanted a car, so I had to get a job. So I ended up working at this lawn and garden place as a cashier, and I had always wanted a cash register my whole life. I'd always looked in the Sears catalog and please just let me get a cash register for Christmas. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I got to be a cashier and that was my favorite thing on earth was bringing people up and just, I just loved it. Uh, just everything about business. And I learned a lot at that job and I couldn't understand why they wouldn't let me be the manager when they needed a manager. I thought, well, of course they're going to pick me. I mean, who cares that I can't work during the day because I'm in school and I remember being really offended about that. And because uh, in my mind, I was like a grown up. And uh, so that, that was kind of the beginning. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so yeah. funny. So at 14, you were, you were, had your eye on that management position. Yeah. I love it. So then what did you do after, after high school? Tell us about that. Like what were some of the things, your education, some of the jobs that you kind of played with? Yeah, well, so I ended up pregnant at 19, so had a baby at 19 and decided that that would be a good time to start college. I had taken my year off, you know, after <laughs> high school and uh, kind of started down a different path than I thought I would. So I started college and so I worked um, about, I think, 30, 35 hours a week and went to school, college full time and had my baby. So uh, it took a lot of a lot of drive and a lot of forward thinking, you know, keeping the end goal in mind. Um, I had a job in IT, so I supported one of my jobs was, I think I had 300 people that I supported as help desk. So I, you know, learned patience and learned how to walk people through things and learned how to fix problems, lots of problem solving over the phone which I use now because of the internet. So it was really handy that I had that job. Um, I ended up graduating and started to get my master's the week after because I wanted to teach. And so I always thought that I would end up teaching in a junior college. 
business or entrepreneurship. So I went and applied the like the week after I got my master's and found out that you actually have to have teaching experience to get a job as a, a professor. So I thought, well, how am I going to get that, you know, if no one will hire me? So I put that aside and um, that's when I ended up, I bought my donut shop, my first business. And I saw an ad in the paper because this was really kind of before the internet was a big deal. So I, I, you know, would look through the paper every day and saw this business opportunity. And so worked two months on my business plan. I had no credit, no money, no experience. And my professor told me I'd never get an SBA loan. And I ended up working it all out and got an SBA loan to buy the business. So paid $200,000 for the business. And still, I talked to the banker years later, and he said, I still don't understand how that loan got approved because you had no money. But somehow I had worked it out. There are ways to work it out where you don't have to specifically have a lot of money to do things. So it had worked out for me. So I still have that donut shop to this day. I've had it for 19 years now. Oh and uh, had staff, you know, I worked there for four years after I purchased it uh, seven days a week because I had literally bought myself a job, right? That's what a lot of people do when they have a business, it's their job. So um, my first book that I read in college and master, getting my master's was called The E-Myth. And if you haven't read it, you need to go read it. It's by Michael Gerber. And he talks about how you don't want to be the person working in your business because it's not scalable. So you need to not be the worker bee. You need to be outside working on the business, not in the business. So I thought, well, that'd be a great idea. I will hire staff to work the donut shop and I will go do something else. So that's what I did. (laughs) And it worked, right? So I definitely think... We should put that book in the show notes, right? Oh yeah. my goodness. That's awesome. So, okay. So, and the donut shop, congratulations. Like that, that was a 20 year run of a really good decision and some luck at the bank, right? Uh, yeah. That's amazing. So, so how did you move from the donut shop into starting this new thing that you're doing today with uh, online business and coaching? Well, so I ended up, we, we purchased a, a couple other businesses, my husband and I, and I also sold real estate. My goal was just huge, you know, and I knew I was going to have to work hard, but the strategy, I didn't really have a long-term strategy. It was kind of, here, let me try this and see if it works. Okay, let me try this and see if it works. And so we ended up purchasing a childcare center, an automotive repair shop. We had an IT consulting business. I was selling real estate and I had the donut shop. And we had two more kids. So lots of stuff going on. And I realized that my heart wasn't in it. And we had some employee theft at almost six figures in one month. And we ended up losing the ability to be profitable with one of our businesses that we had paid seven figures for. Uh, It's funny in retrospect, looking back, I tried everything possible and it still didn't work for some reason. So we ended up, you know, losing those businesses. And at the time we lost everything. And so, um, you know, our house was tied up in our loan. So we lost our house. Uh, Everything just fell apart. And I remember sitting 
we actually had just started building another house when everything fell apart. So it was our old house that was tied up. So sitting in the new house and having no income at the donut shop and thinking, well, okay, where, where do I go from here? I had always loved business and I always loved fashion and I loved marketing. So I started looking online for something to do with fashion. And I had never shopped at a boutique before in my life. I'd never even heard of them. And so I ran into a boutique and I was like, wow, this is so cool. How did, so basically I had to work to, to deconstruct how this boutique business was even there. How did they get customers? Where did they get their product? How does this website work? Luckily I had an IT degree. So I was able to get in that far um, to figure out how the IT part of it worked, but it took me a while to figure out, you know, where do you get the product? How does this work? Like logistically. Um, so I launched my boutique and uh, <laughs> that was the beginning of that. <laughs> that was ground zero. I spent about 200 bucks because I didn't have any money at the time. I love that. Oh my gosh. So man, you have done so many things. And, you know, and they have been mostly around sales, though, too, except the IT, which is so helpful <laughs> uh, with what you're doing today and what you're teaching. That is amazing. And so when you said tenacity, would you say tenacity is what makes you invincible or is that just how you got here? So because we want to hear about, like, what is it that makes you invincible? That it is tenacity because there were multiple times that I think a normal, like sane person would have quit. But to me, you know, I came from, you know, my family had no money, you know, and I always just knew I was going to be a millionaire, you know, from the time I was little and I'm going to do sales. I'm going to be a millionaire. I mean, that was like my goal in life. And so it just never even occurred to me to quit. I mean, I've had bad years but I would say the invincible part, you know, think about this. Think about, I was on food stamps when I had my baby at 19. And think about looking at me from the outside. Everyone thought that I would be nothing. And, you know, I, I think the key was that I never thought that, you know, people looking from the outside can think what they want, but you being invincible comes from inside you. And your ability to not listen to other people, because I wouldn't say I'm hard-headed, but I am hard-headed when it comes to me and my goals and where I see myself going. And so everyone told me that donut shop wouldn't work. There was maybe one person, my mom, that was like, oh, sure, you can do it. Everyone else thought I was crazy. I mean, my college professor, who I thought was like, super smart was telling me it wouldn't work. And I think back about if I had listened to them, I would not now have a paid off donut shop that provides income to me every single week without me having to go in and work there. I agree. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's so even having a little crazy, right? Being a little crazy. Gotta be. Yes. Gotta be a little crazy. Everyone needs to think you're a little crazy for it to work, I think. <laughs> I think, you know, I always think like when I feel like, am I crazy? Then I know I'm on the right track, right? <laughs> like you, yeah. if you're not thinking your idea is crazy, then it must not be good enough. So I love that you said that. And that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. So today I'm so excited to talk to you 
about the tips and tricks that you can use to take your store from zero to seven figures. And I just, I'm so interested in this that I was so looking forward to the conversation more than even the listeners knew was coming. So let's do it. Jump right in. Tell us everything we need to know about that. Well, so to get to seven figures in sales, you really have to have a strategy. Like I said, you cannot just wander around aimlessly because you're going to waste two things, time and money. And those are your most valuable assets, really, when you're a business owner. So you need strategy. If you don't have one, you need to find someone to learn strategy from. And I myself have multiple coaches that I use because I realized in 2019 that I actually could do a lot more if I had someone else's outside point of view guiding me. And so that was when I first hired my coach. And so you have to have a strategy. Um, The other thing is you have to believe in yourself. Uh, That's a huge thing. The ladies in my program, uh, that is one of the things that, and I'm not super touchy-feely. I'm not like an emotional type person. I'm more of a numbers person. But I've learned that as women, you don't believe in yourself as much as you should. There are a lot of ladies that let outside factors tell them who they're supposed to be. And so to get to seven figures, you have to be willing to take a risk on yourself and you have to be willing to back that up with action. So that's pretty much how you get there. You have to have strategy, you have to believe in yourself, and you have to be willing to take the action, even on a bad day. And that's why I go over what's your why with all the ladies at the very beginning, because your why is what you're going to lean on when you're having a bad day or a bad year or a bad month. You know, I had a very strong why from the very beginning. And if I didn't have a why, I wouldn't be here right now. Sure. And I believe that's probably the same with the donut store, right? Like having it, you know, you, you practice that and then you came into this next thing and you're still, you know, applying the same principles uh, as you learn along the way, which is amazing. So um, what I would love to just ask you a few questions um, for people out there, first of all, Uh, maybe never thought about having an online store, right? They're looking for skills. They're trying to figure out what they can do, what they could be good at, how they can market themselves. So who are the people? Is there uh, any requirements or, you know, that certain uh, fitting into a shell of people that would be good to have an online store? Well, it's interesting that you asked that. I, I feel like you have to be at that point that, you're not desperate, but you have to be, you have to want it. You have to want it bad. So it doesn't work well for ladies. I found under 30 because they have not lived long enough to be in a position to actually give their all to something and see it through, (laughs) unfortunately. So my ideal, like most of the ladies that I work with are between 30 and 60. So they're old enough to know that they don't know everything, right? Because some of the some of the ladies that are younger, they don't realize that they actually need other people to teach them things that they don't know. <laughs> and so maybe it's being open-minded. 
and willing to be coachable. You have to be coachable. That's what I was going for. You have to be coachable. You have to be willing to listen to other people. And even if you don't agree, you have to be willing to do what they tell you to do anyway. And I think that takes a little bit more mature mind. Oh, I agree. I agree. The younger generation, they're like, I don't need any help. I can do this myself. And they're on on this mission to like prove that. Right. But what happens is sure, maybe you'll get there, but you might take the long the long way around. Right. And like you said, the two things you're going to lose is time and money. And who wants to ever do that? Like nobody, I don't know, you know, don't care what age you are. No one wants to do that. So then the, I guess my next question would be, how do you define what it is that you should be selling? Wow, that's, yeah, that's a really good question. And something that you need to know before you spend any money at all is you need to figure out, it's not only what you like, is what it's what can you work with. For example, I don't wear any of the clothing that I sell. I'm sitting here and I think it's a gap top. And I I sell boutique clothing, right? So I learned pretty quickly that I don't necessarily just only want to work with stuff that I like. Your your likes can have an influence, but like, let's say I like a pattern or I like a cut, that I don't necessarily need to wear it for it to sell well. So I think that's something that you need to keep in mind it needs to be something, you need to have a product mix. Like I talk to a lot of ladies that say, I make something. My first thought is always, are you going to be able to make it at volume? Because if not, we need to add in another line of something, a couple other lines of some things that you don't have to make. And it's okay. You'll still offer that stuff. You'll still put your heart and soul into that. Let's say you really like to make candles. That's great. Let's add some other stuff that sells really well to support that. And it's going to make your store more interesting to people. So it won't be they just hit the site and go, oh, I don't need candles and leave. It's more about building your brand at that point. So, and it also, to, to hit seven figures, you have to be selling products that sell well. So I always tell the ladies, focus on these top couple categories because you need that stuff to sell quickly. We don't want stuff that will sit around for 60, 90, 120 days. So those are some of the key things when you go looking for a product to sell. You have to keep in mind that you can expand. It doesn't, lots of makers bring in other things. Um, I had somebody that has a yoga studio and she was thinking about yoga clothing. Well, what else do those ladies wear? They probably go out on the weekends, you know, they probably wear earrings and accessories. So it doesn't always have to be just one thing, but your customer does have to be one person. So what if you have that one person, you can, you can carry different products that she would wear, but you can't be everything to everybody. You can't say I have multiple customers. You know, it has to be, that's what the customer exercise does in my program is it helps you figure out Who's your customer? What does she wear? How old is she? Does she have kids? What does she like to do on the weekends? So when you're buying products, you're buying for that one person. I love that. 
I love that. And so here's another question for you. Um, I know, you know, when I first met you, right, I was thinking, oh, online business boutique. To me, in my head, I was thinking that must be a big investment, right? So I want to debunk the myth of right now with you of what would you say that a safe number of an investment would be to be set yourself up to launch an online store that could go on to be seven figures in the future? Yeah, well, so the ideal amount of money is between $500, $1,500. And that is enough to give you enough product to make your store shoppable, but you don't want to spend more than $1,500 because you haven't tested your market yet. So you, you don't want to go out and spend $10,000 on the wrong product. So you're, you're, let's say you're investing $1,500, you're going to take and buy what you think will work, and then you're going to launch. And then after 30 days, you're going to evaluate and say, okay, what didn't sell, what sold well, whether it was a pattern, a, a specific cut, a, you know, you'll learn more about your customers as time goes on. And so that's when you really go a little bit deeper into those things that sold really well and you stop buying the products that didn't sell well. So you have to go really deep and not wide. And that's how you start with a lower amount of money. I love that. And I love what you just said about learning about your customers. That is a forever evolving thing, right? Because of marketing. Yeah. So you start with this one target market of, of customers, but you know, word gets out and then people see, and then the marketing picks up and then you start attracting even more and that grows and evolves, right? So right. I love how you're, you know, really uh, the work you're teaching here is that, you know, don't throw it all in at one time, right? Don't put your whole life savings into it. Get started, see what works, see what doesn't, make the adjustments and watch as your customer base evolves. That is brilliant. Right. And I, and you teach all of this in your programs. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> there it goes into depth. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking like, okay, uh, you got to make sure you have the right product. How do you do that? Right. So this is where you come in with your business is you do, you help with the research, you teach people how to do that um, and how to figure out like who the market is and what the product is and all of that. Right. Right. If you're in the main program, I will actually do car audits for you where I will look. So you'll go, you'll put your stuff in your car. I will go in and look at it. You'll tell me who your customer is, what your budget is, and I'll look at it and say, okay, this is a good vendor. I would do this. I don't think your customer would like that. We're very careful with your first amount of investment because the idea is that's an investment, right? You're getting it back. So if you buy the right product, you're going to make money and then you're going to reinvest it and then you're going to make more money. And so that's how you scale is you just use that initial thousand bucks and then you just scale it. Oh, this is so great. Oh, this is so great. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about your, um, your offerings in your business and how are you working with clients to help them launch these businesses and grow them to seven figures? Tell us a little about your programs. Yeah. So the most popular way to start working with me is with the $5 bootcamp. And it is a five video bootcamp with worksheets where I walk you through the beginning steps. And we start with 
creating your entity, your sales tax identification number, very, very beginning. It's like an intro to business course, really. And then by the end, like on day five, I teach you some buying tips and tricks. We talk about budgets. Um, and then day five, I tell you where to get wholesale product, which is what a lot of people want to know. Um, by the end of boot camp, you will either be so fired up that you will be ready to go and do next steps, or you'll say, eh, this is a someday thing, or you'll say, no, this isn't for me. So that is the best five bucks that you'll ever spend if you're thinking about diving into this. There's also uh, on the, the checkout page, you can add um, to have us set up your Shopify store for you. So that was something that we found that a lot of ladies were getting stuck on. And so that's why we created that. And it's called the VAP experience. So we set up all the backend stuff that used to get ladies totally confused. So you just skip ahead and all you have to do is add your products and your logo. Wow. That's like totally do it for you. That, that makes it simple for anyone. I love yeah. it. I love it. And then, so what happens after you go through the $5 boot camp, and then you're like, yes, this is for me. I want to do it. Then what's the next step to work with you? Yeah. So it's this Ecom Academy is my signature program. It's a 12 month long program. You get me as your mentor and your coach. So you get access to a private Facebook group. You get access to me personally through email and chat. So you're, you know, not stuck. The idea is to get you to five figures in sales. So lots of ladies get stuck at different places. So if you get stuck on technology, you'll have help with that. If you're stuck on buying or marketing, you know, you get help with that. We had a lady launch yesterday. She was messaging me, you know, something's not working right. You know, we were able to go in and fix it. And she ended up doing 1,500 sales in her first day. And this is a lady that was questioning. She was not confident and didn't know if this would work for her. And she ended up signing up. Gosh, it's only been four months ago, I think, that she signed up. She's already making money. She, she would have made, ladies that work with me typically make 50 to 60% profits. So think about how much money she made yesterday, over $700. On in her first day. Yeah. Amazing. And I just want to point out too, when you say you, you know, your goal is to help uh, people make five figures, that's per month, right? So month. your goals, yeah, per month, five figures per month in your online store. Love yeah, exactly. it. That is amazing. Oh, Karina, this has been so great. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. They can go to onlineboutiquecoaching.com and that will have a little bit of information about me at the bottom. Uh, you can also find a link to my clothing store down there and that's the $5 bootcamp page. So most popular page in my program. I love it. Oh my gosh. And do you work with men and women? We do not have any men in our program, but if there were some that wanted to dive in, Know, I'd be more than happy to. Um, but yeah, definitely right now it's it's tons of women. <laughs> and I, listen, I can't think of a better thing to do when all the moms had to come home from their jobs during the pandemic and homeschool their kids and do all the things. I think, wow, this is such a great opportunity to have this. I mean, let's face it, this is not the only pandemic we're ever gonna face, right? Uh, in a lifetime and there's going to be things that happen in our lives and we need this backup plan that can be our plan a at some point right 
and I think this is such a great way to go. So thank you for sharing. And for our listeners, as you're listening right now, just click the link in the show notes and you can go right to Karina, whether it's through her coaching or to her boutique itself. So you can see her store and see what she's selling and maybe grab an item or two for yourself. And of course, see what that experience is like so that you can decide if you want to try out one of these programs and take a chance. It's really taking a chance on you because Karina's figured it out. She knows it works, but do you want to venture into that area and do something amazingly fun and um, prosperous as this? How amazing. So, you know, Karina, we have these women listening right now and they think you're so lucky, right? They're like, oh, she's so lucky. She's so successful. She figured it out. She knows how it works. She's helping other people. They have no idea what you had to go through, what you had to overcome from that little girl at five years old selling door to door to who you are today with your own successful businesses and helping other entrepreneurs venture into their own as well. And so I love to share, and I, I promise the listeners we're going to bring them value, which you did that so well just now, but I want them to see that you had to pay the price for success too. It doesn't come easy, but everyone can have success if they're willing to overcome all the obstacles that they face with, as you said, tenacity and never giving up, right? When it gets tough, you fight harder. You don't back down. You, this, is, this is like a war, right? You, you fight harder, the harder it gets. And so I would love to share you and your story and some of those experiences that you have enjoyed or not so much enjoyed as an entrepreneur. So we're going to start with the good. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. I would love for you to tell our listeners a story about the good or the great part of your journey. I would say the best part is realizing that I had done seven figures in sales because I was so busy working that I didn't even realize until someone, I think it was when I hired a coach, she said, well, so what have you done? And I went added it up and I was like, oh, I guess I've done quite a bit, you know, it was like, I didn't realize at the time, um, you know, I just had my head down. So that, that was awesome, especially after stuff had fallen apart for us to be able to build something from nothing is actually just a really amazing feeling. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Those are always the fun stories. And then we go to the next part, right? So we're going to talk about the bad, not the ugly. We'll save that for last. But tell us a story about the bad part of the journey that could have really stopped you in your tracks, but you had to overcome. Yeah. So one of the, the I guess, not really bad, but bad things that happened was I actually had Google one year. Uh, I think it was 2016 came to me and said, you know, we've got a program for businesses like yours and we will set up your Google ads. We will do all the work for you. We'll connect your store. They actually wrote my ads for me. They set up everything. I didn't do one thing. And so they turned on my ads and I was putting everything into that $2,000 a month. I think it was, or I'm sorry, a day, 2000 a day. And so I didn't have any money left to 
do Facebook ads, which is what I built my business on. So I turned those off. And what ended up happening was I had spent after 30 days about $60,000 on Google ads. And I went and looked and my sales had actually gone down 20%. And so I shut my ads off. I went into the Google account and shut my ads off. And I actually got a call from the guy. His name was Jordan. I'll never forget it. This is Jordan and I'm in Puerto Rico on business, but I saw you turned your ads off and you're messing up my algorithms and I need you to stop messing with ads. And I said, guess what, buddy? You know, I've spent over $60,000. I don't even have money to buy inventory now because my sales have gone down. I've completely lost, you know, all my traffic. And, you know, I'm not doing any more with you guys at all, ever. And so I never have to Google ads. And I always tell the ladies working with me that if the Google people cannot make me money with ads, then I, I don't recommend you even try. Now, there are some people that do well with ads, and that's great, but I about went out of business that much <laughs> from trusting the experts. So um, once I tell that story, they're usually, okay, I'll stick with Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and do you still use Facebook today for ads yeah. for your business? You do, and it's still okay, even with all the changes that have taken place? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there will always be changes. You just kind of roll with it and keep doing your thing. Um, Facebook is still the best way to get traffic. I love that because you hear so much out there, right? And you're like, what do I really believe? And yeah. unless you're in there doing it, it's really hard to decipher uh, yeah. where that comes from and what the intentions are. That's awesome. So shout out to Facebook ads, guys. Yay. There's your green light. Okay, <laughs> so that's scary. $60,000 in one month and your sales did not increase as intended. They dropped over 20%. That's crazy. I can't even imagine what that felt like other than like the gushing of the river, right? <laughs> like a flood, like that was taking everybody out with it. Um, wow. And yet here you are, right? Killing yeah. it. <laughs> yes. I love it. That's tenacity. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the ugly. And the ugly would be when my husband and I lost everything in 2013. Um, we had actually got a call is our auto repair shop. And we got a call from one of our big, big vendors. And they said, wow, you guys are probably making a lot of money because you've ordered over $80,000 in tires just in the last couple of weeks. And we were like, really? You know, because we had a manager running it for us. Turns out that we had not sold that much. He had actually been stealing them. So he ordered 80,000 something dollars worth of tires and was taking them and selling them like on uh, Craigslist and other places along with his buddies. And unfortunately, the police said they couldn't do anything because we didn't have it on camera, them taking those specific tires. And our insurance, we had a theft policy. They wouldn't cover it for various reasons. So we ended up losing our terms with our biggest vendor. And that put us into a downhill spiral that we never did recover from. We actually had paid over a million dollars for that business and it was just leaking money. And so we were putting money from other businesses, trying to save it. We spent, it was probably over a year trying to save that business. And finally we were just worn out. 
you know, my husband and I both almost had nervous breakdowns. I was surprised at the end that we were still married just because of all the stress involved. Our kids felt it. Um, it just trickles down, you know, when you're in that position, it trickles through every area of your life. We were extremely unhappy. We, we were hopeless. We didn't know if we were ever going to recover from it. And I was having to get on the, the phone with the bank even every week because we had an SBA loan and tell the bank what I was doing to make sales. And I'm not talking about a nice, fun conversation. I'm talking about me and the president of the bank and like the, the board member people people that were not, not happy with me because they had loaned us, you know, a lot of money. And I'm having to tell them, well, I'm working really hard. It's just not working, <laughs> you know? And I had to go to lunch with the landlords and explain to them why we couldn't pay the rent. And um, we ended up, I remember the day my husband told me, we're going to have to close the business. And I, I worked there full time. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, I, I'm not one to give up. I called it giving up. You know, it's very hard for me. It was really making a good business decision to close it. But in my heart, it was giving up and quitting. And I'm not a quitter. So I remember I didn't believe him. And then it actually came true. And so we closed that business down and we ended up losing our house and we lost our rental properties that we had because the banks just pulled the notes when they found out we were having to take bankruptcy. Um, even though we had always paid on time, they, I didn't know they could do that. They still just um, called the notes. And we also had a child care center. And for some reason, the staff never liked me there. I guess it was because I didn't work there, but I was the owner. And so I was the bad guy. So I remember uh, we told our staff that we were going to close the daycare and uh, we saw on the cameras, the staff was loading up our equipment into their cars to steal. And so this was on a Friday. And so we decided, you know what, we're just we're having to close anyway. The place didn't make any money. We were constantly pouring money into that too, but it wasn't quite as much as the other place. So we had the locks changed. And so our attorney said, okay, well, you need to let these people get their stuff out of the building. And I did not want to go. It was one of the worst days of my life still to this day, one of the top five worst days of my life. So we drove over there to meet. We put a sign on the, the door that said, we'll be there at this time, this date for you to get your stuff. Drove over there, my husband, my father-in-law and me. And we called the police on our way over and we said, there are some very unhappy people. We think we might be in danger. So we got there. The news was there with a news person. Well, so our director of our child care center, her husband worked at a news channel, news station as a cameraman. So he must have told somebody. So the news was there with a, like a reporter trying to talk to me. All the parents and children were parked, all the staff, and so I went into the building and I was trying to give paperwork so they could go to another childcare center. We had to have the police come because people were trying to attack me as I was giving them their paperwork. I had staff, I had parents just screaming at me. And the, the policeman actually, as we drove off, we finally got finished. I remember I asked my attorney, do I have to do, go to this? Can't we just like close down? And, you know, do I have to face these people? He said, yes. So that's why we had gone, even though I felt like I shouldn't. But anyway, so as we were driving away, an employee, an ex-employee is trying to come after me. 
and the policeman is holding her back as I get in my car with my husband and father-in-law and we drive away. And the, the reporter's yelling, are these people going to get paid? And believe me, that is the opposite. Like it was never any intention of ours to not pay people. We literally just had to take bankruptcy and we ended up having to throw that business in. So I had nothing to do with any of them, but just having them almost attack me and looking and seeing that girl with all that hatred, you know, and the police having to hold her back was just, it, it was, it was one of the worst days of my life. It was so emotionally draining that I could not do anything for days after that. And to this day, if you search my name, Karina Hatton, you will see uh, I had written a book with some people and someone went on there and said, Karina Hatton is a fraud and put a bunch of stuff in the, um, the review of fake. It's a fake review, but the title of it is that. And so every time that anyone searches my name, they see that. And that all came from that period in time when everything fell apart. And so it's still there. It's still haunting me. I still have people that look at it and they think, huh, is she trustworthy? Even though it's not true and it has nothing to, it's not who I am. So yeah, I've been at the bottom. It was really, really ugly. Oh, Karina. <laughs> Yeah, you're a fraud helping other entrepreneurs grow online businesses from zero to seven figures. Sign me up for the fraud, right? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, you know, and only you can prove that wrong. And you know what, at some point, I think it doesn't even matter, you know, and I think that's one of the things about tenacity. And I think in a sense of that, you don't, um, take on or own what other people think or say about you because exactly. they don't know, right? They really, they, they can't tell. They don't know anything about you. They know what they hear. They know what they see. They have no idea about the truth. And, um, I love that you just went on in spite of all of that and were able to create something great for yourself and help so many other people in the world. And so, I love that you're able to show them with action who you really are, what your values are, and, and what you are creating in the legacy. I mean, shoot, when you're not even here in this world anymore, the people that you have helped are going to be the ones that are shouting the loudest from the rooftops. And nobody is ever going to listen to that one person who tried to destroy you. And you know what? That is like karma at its best. And I just think, oh my gosh, if nothing else, would you say that that drove you to be successful and to, to really give everything you had to this next venture that you jumped into? Yeah. I, and, and also too, I just knew that I was meant for more. I knew that that wasn't the end of my story. I, I, realize now that was kind of just the beginning, even though I didn't realize it, um, because those businesses weren't me and this business is me, you know, and it, it encompasses the me that I didn't even know existed at the time that all of that happened. 
Yeah. And wouldn't you agree that you're different because of it, right? You're, you know, you have grown, you're tougher, you're more resilient uh, because of that. And, and of course, more committed, right? To what you're doing today. I think that, you know, as devastating as these uh, times are to you and to what you're doing and uh, all of that, they are also the pivoting moments uh, that it's like plot twist, right? And like, here was your plot twist. Like the, you had, you know, come out of the flames and I actually have this vision of you coming out of the flames. <laughs> Do you have it? Yeah, yeah like the flames it, yeah. are behind you and you are walking out of the fire into the greatness that you have to share with the world and help help these other entrepreneurs to live their best life and have success in these online boutiques. I, I feel it and I'm so excited for you. And I think in some strange way that can help you to be grateful for those ugly times. Yeah, it it does help you to, to understand. And, and I kind of am of the thought now that if someone doesn't want to hang out with me, then it's their loss. And I never really thought about it like that until, you know, I got this business, you know, the coaching and um, just I'm understanding people a lot more. And I understand that you attract people for a reason and you repel people for a reason. And that's okay. You don't have to please everybody. And I always knew that a little bit, but I wasn't as strong as I am now. That's it. That's it. That's what happens. We come out of the fire, right? And we are stronger. We are stronger than ever. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I'm so happy to have you here with us today to be able to share with our listeners. And again, to the listeners, click the link in the show notes so you can find Karina and tap into everything that she has to offer you to help you, whether it's shop, in get some boutique items or to open your own store and be mentored by her personally. Just click the link. And Karina, before we say goodbye, I would love for you to finish this sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. Their worth. I would say if more people knew their worth. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful after this conversation. What a way to drop the mic. Oh my gosh. All right, you guys, you know how it ends. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Karina. Yeah, totally get back up. I mean, don't let anything stop you from being who you were meant to be. And I can guarantee you it's something special. That's it. Get to your feet. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.